Welcome to another episode of Financial Wellness Decoded, the official podcast of the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey. I'm your host, Lawrence Eichen, and in this episode, I interviewed Todd Scorsafava, a partner at Eagle Rock Wealth Management. Todd has earned the designations as a certified financial planner and also an accredited investment fiduciary. He has been ranked for the past five years in a row as one of the top financial advisors in the country by the Financial Times. His areas of expertise include retirement planning and investment and wealth management for individuals, families, and corporations. Now, prior to joining Eagle Rock, Todd developed his expertise in financial planning at a top-ranked accounting and financial firm, and his past experience also includes being a portfolio specialist and regional director at one of the largest investment banks in the country. Todd is married. He and his wife, Tina, and daughter, Victoria, live in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. Todd's an active member of his community. He's involved with many charities and sits on many community boards. In fact, Todd was named as one of the Fathers of the Year by the American Diabetes Association in 2017. Now, our topic for the interview was getting out of the gate with your financial plan. So Todd and I discussed several fundamental considerations that are needed in this regard. Todd was a very friendly guest and eager to share his wealth of information. With that being said, we hope you enjoy the interview, and here it is. Okay, Todd, are you there? Yes. All right. Welcome uh, to Financial Wellness Decoded. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you very much. And I have one very important question before we begin. Are you ready to decode? Yes, absolutely. All right, great. So today's topic is basically getting out of the gate with your financial plan. And I thought before we get into some details, it might just be good to go over, you know, when there's a situation where somebody is looking to make a financial plan, many times people are just overwhelmed. They know they need to do something. They're not sure what they should do. What would you advise in terms of how should somebody get started and included with your answer, I'd like you to comment on whether or not you think somebody should use a financial advisor. And I would, I would say I'm sure you're biased in that. But if you believe strongly that somebody should use a financial advisor, you know, then how should they go about choosing a financial advisor? So let's start there. Absolutely. Great, uh, great question. So where to start and, and the advisor, in general, assess where you are right? Kind of assess where you are currently when you start. And absolutely, you should look for um, a financial advisor. Um, I'm a certified financial planner. I'm also an accredited investment fiduciary. So there's different things um, to look for when you're looking for an advisor. But the certified financial planning is really the gold standard of financial advisors, financial planners that are in the business of um, helping you really guide you to your goals and your dreams. So certainly um, there's a lot of people that like to do things on their own and things, but it's uh, akin to really um, in, investing in, in things. Certainly can. Uh, there's many resources out there, but and you can do it on your own. But I believe there's a lot of evidence shown in statistics that working with an advisor does um, increase your probability of returns. Certainly a lot of um, pitfalls get avoided from the experience that we've had working with clients that used to do it on their own, but um, now see that the guidance and um, the value is provided by that advisor. So 
to answer the question, surely is absolutely work with, if you can, a certified financial planner, uh, but a, a recommended uh, financial advisor for sure. And how would somebody go about trying to find the right financial advisor for themselves? So there's a lot of, of resources. Um, a lot of people do start with maybe their CPA, another trusted advisor, or another type of trusted advisor that they that they may have. A, a, certainly a family member that has had a great experience or something like that is, is something that you trust. But there are some resources such as the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey or the FPA, and every state um, has an FPA um, association, which you can go there and look at different topics to learn about, as well as search for advisors on the site. And then there's obviously the CFP.net um, is a great resource to search some of the um, sought after financial planners or certified financial planners in the industry. Um, but a lot of times it's going with a trusted certified financial planner that can help you with that real holistic plan, not just simply the investment part. So there's uh, there's more to really working uh, on, an, on, a, on a projection for retirement or things than just simply the investment. So there's a real holistic plan to be, to be working with, which encompasses numerous facets um, of wealth planning, if you will. Yeah, actually, um, let's segue right into that because uh, as you're talking and you're talking about this holistic plan um, and it not just being about investments, it's obviously about budgeting and, and dealing with somebody's income and all that. How do you go about like, let's let's talk about that from just a general standpoint. When somebody's getting started, how do you go about with your clients, um, you know, just getting them started? What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about in this beginning phase of putting together a financial plan? Sure. So when you typically when you work with a, an advisor, um, there's a plan that you should really be going through. And it does start with assessing where you are and then really assessing what your goals are and the time frame of those goals. So some of the really starter stuff is figuring out where your money's going. Right. So where the, here's the money coming in. Here's the money going out. Where is that money going? Um, it not necessarily means go on a budget or anything like that. What it means is really, where is my money going? And there's a lot of people that we end up meeting with that simply may know where the, some of the basics are, but other, other things that, geez, I didn't realize I spent so much on eating out or doing some of the other things that uh, may arise that can throw you off your plan. So, really working with your cash flow, making sure you have an emergency fund. And then sometimes investing doesn't happen right out of the gate. You might have some things um, like credit cards that are at high balances or you don't have an emergency fund. You know, those are things that we need to establish first. And then understanding that as you make more money, you don't want to necessarily spend more money. You might want to do something different with your money. So, as, and that's a common pitfall that people fall into. They, hey, I got a raise, great. We can go on a, a, another vacation, or we can do this other thing, um, or or increase our cost in some manner. So, watching that cash flow is a great place to start, and where it is coming in and where it's going. Yeah. Now, in terms of people keeping track of that. It is tricky because a lot of people know the big expenses, if it's a mortgage or rent or health insurance payment, things like along those lines, those are big payments typically. And people can probably tell you right off the top of their head how much their mortgage payment is or how much their health insurance 
payment is, but it's so it's that five dollars here, ten dollars here, twenty dollars here, right? Uh, and that's where things actually do add up uh, very quickly on a monthly basis. So fundamentally, getting uh, a handle on the cash flow certainly very important. There's actually apps out there that people can download on their phone to keep track of that stuff real quickly right. anytime they make an expenditure. So let's talk a little bit about uh, another aspect of a financial plan would be beneficiaries, right? I mean, people have to be aware of, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and how to, how does, you know, designating beneficiaries come into play when it comes to a financial plan? So absolutely starting the plan, then you end up, where does the money go at the end of the day? Right. And, and all that that goes with that. So beneficiaries, um, are typically assigned to IRAs, right? So if somebody passes away, the beneficiary form, that's what it's going to go by, not your will on an IRA, as just an example. But again, when it circles back to that holistic plan, having that mapped out, um, your beneficiaries with IRAs or, or different types of investments may go by the beneficiary form. Other things that are held outside of your IRA that you maybe your home, maybe cash in the bank, as examples, that goes by your will. Um, and really different states have different rules. So again, working with an advisor might help you out. To, you know, Hey, I'm in this state now, but I might retire in that state later. What's the kind of, what do I have to do? What's, what are the action steps to make to make sure that the beneficiary form not only is right on the primary, but also on the contingent or secondary beneficiary. So there's a lot of different things to look at there and then different ways to plan where um, you may have, somebody list a trust per, per se as a beneficiary or something. So most basics, if, if it does, if you do have a 401k IRA or any type of retirement plan, a beneficiary form is, is really crucial uh, to having filled out as your, as your wishes. Um, yeah. It's a very important document. Absolutely. And in terms of a holistic financial plan, how does, uh, disability or life insurance uh, play a role in putting together an overall financial plan for mm -hmm. a client? So a lot of people get excited in the beginning and there is a certain euphoria of, hey, I'm getting investing, I'm starting, I've got, got this plan going. Um, there's things like the what ifs in life or the road curves ahead, or you don't know what tomorrow brings, those types of situations. And in a holistic plan, not only are we trying to build the wealth, we're trying to also protect the wealth in certain manners. So um, absolutely disability. Uh, if you're working and you get disabled for some reason or some, uh, something happens, you know, that's a, a check that sh is going to come to you while you're at home, um, you know, getting better or potentially permanently disabled. So that's a check that would come to you as an example. Long-term care is another item that, you know, most people when they're 45, 50, 55, you know, or older should be looking into um, and saying what's getting educated on what are the costs of care as you age, you know, that's a real thing. We're all, we're all on that slippery slope, if you will. So, you know, we're all there. Um, and then absolutely life insurance, you know, for certain debts or education or leaving something behind, you know, those are certainly items in the plan that you want to go over. It doesn't mean you have to have them, right? It's just things that you want to have, make an educated decision on and making sure you're checking those boxes and going through and discussing them because they're crucial to the plan. Because if something does happen to the 
breadwinners, if you will, of the family, um, there's a lot of income that de- needs to be replaced and not just because of the income, but because of the other things that are going to change in life um, because of that situation. And everyone out there can say, well, you know, I'm going to take the chance, but believe me, after 22 years in this business, um, things just happen. And it's something that, you know, in financial planning, there's a lot of protections. We can kind of build moats and things around financially to protect that. Uh, obviously, we can't protect it physically, but financial moats for the family. So the goals, the dreams at the beginning of the plan have the best potential probability of occurring. Yeah. And let's assume now we've got this financial plan set up. We've taken into account all these variables that we've been discussing, you know, target goals, disability, life insurance, potential um, uh, scenarios. What what do you do in terms of tracking the success of a plan? Uh, Is it something that you recommend uh, checking annually or semi-annually? How often should somebody be really mm-hmm. looking at this plan to see if it's staying on target for these goals? So uh, usually it depends on the situation, but um, you always want to assess and then reassess. And, and really a financial plan, there are things that will happen, what's called check-in meetings, or it doesn't have to be a quarter. It doesn't really have to be a set time. You want to, in the beginning of the plan, really spend time on it, right? And this is typically, you want to spend some time really concrete some things, automating some things, similar to, you know, a, you could just fund and set up an automatic savings plan into an IRA or a 401k, as you know, and things like that. So automating and spending time to meeting, but then yes, checking in and then life events. Okay. A lot of times, especially now with technology, you can set a meeting, make it a reoccurring meeting. So your the advisors do that quite a bit. And obviously you can change it if an appointment comes up or something happens, but it really shouldn't be just this thing that gets set and then kind of goes away because it impacts you really monthly. So having those coaching sessions about staying on track, staying the course, sticking to the plan. You know, those are things you need to remember, not only in the good times in the markets and and all those things, but also, and especially um, such as back in March, April, or, or the fourth quarter of 2018 or 2008, you know, any of the big downturn, quick downturns or longer term downturns, you really need to stay the course and stick with the plan. Um, you got to expect that volatility, if you will. Yeah, I think that's um, a big factor. The emotional response to events often dictate actions that investors take that are really the wrong actions, mm-hmm. but they feel like they're the right action, mm-hmm. actions because of the emotional reaction to the market. It's really the time to be very objective, almost a detached you know, neutral, detached, uh, you know, uh, analysis of what's going on, because uh, if you let your emotions get in the way, you end up, I think, pulling out of the market and trying to time the market and nobody can do that. And you end up really just doing yourself a disservice if you're right. reacting on an emotional level, as opposed to just a, an objective, detached, neutral response. Am I right on that? Yeah. And it's very difficult. Emotions have a lot to do with certain decisions and we want to really do the best job we can of avoiding that um, front page news or the blinking red lights on the news at night that, you know, they never, they, you know, they'll, they'll put it right in the face, especially when the market's way down. 
right? And you just got to emotionally, in a way, say, yeah, we know that because 73% of the time, I think it goes back to 1926, the market's up any given year. Uh, if you look at it in a one-year period of time, and obviously if it's two years and five years and 10 years, the odds go up. But yes, if you look at the charts and say, okay, why would I, if you look backwards again, a lot of education can be happening by looking back at the market. And you look at the S&P for those years that it was down, right? 2008 as an example. Well, look at all the other years it's up. Why would you emotionally want to sell in the year that it's down? Those are the times you really got to buckle down tight, you know, keep, you know, take that emotion and really remember this podcast or remember some of the things that the advisor that you were working with spoke to you about and really, um, you know, make sure you get through that time. And then after, once things settle down, maybe relook at your risk level was that, you know, how, how comfortable were you or not? So there's a lot of learning experience you can by just talking with that advisor and saying, you know, Hey, during that time, I was too nervous. You know, maybe we're taking too much risk or, Hey, we, we should maybe take more. I understand now as you, especially for people that are getting started, um, you know, that's going to happen. Things, you know, the market doesn't go straight up, you know, those types of things happen. It's really sticking with the plan and staying in the course. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's like weathering the storm, you know, once mm-hmm. you weather a a storm or two, you're in a much better position to stay the course for the long haul. But it's weathering those first or second storms that can really test somebody if they're a beginning uh, investor or they're somebody who's just put together a plan for the first time. uh, That's when they really get tested, uh, when things don't look like they were anticipated to look. Um, and, and, I, and I suspect like during this pandemic, that's the type of advice you'd give to somebody now, right? Uh, in terms of this, this situation that we're in, this is a unique uh, once in a lifetime, let's hope situation that we're all in right now where we're recording this in uh, December at the end of the year of 2020. And, you know, this uh, vaccines are just getting started, but we're still in the infancy. Mm-hmm. And 2021 looks like a year that's going to be, in my view, mostly uh, very similar to what we've just been experiencing in terms of social distancing and not being able to do the things that we normally are expected to do, which uh, includes a real impact on the economy. So, yes, uh, you have any thoughts on that in terms of just uh, any unique advice during this pandemic uh, period? I think it's always good um, to look at your cash flows, money in, kind of money out, um, looking forward and controlling the things you can control. So, you know, spending, it's always good to look at that, tighten your belt. We, we really don't know what tomorrow brings, but. Um, looking forward, there is a lot of positive news for the economy. You have um, low interest rates. You do have the vaccines. Uh, I think I read somewhere something like 4 million people have already been vaccinated or something that, you know, that was a day or two ago. So that's, that's going to happen more and more. And hopefully we can put this uh, 2020 will be literally uh, hindsight will be 2020. <laughs> um, put it in the rearview mirror. Hindsight's 2020. That'll yeah. be a different meaning going forward. Um, but we'll have more fun in 21. Okay, <laughs> we'll have more fun in 21. Oh, that's a um, good one. That's a good bumper sticker. Yeah, more fun in 21 <laughs> when this is hopefully uh, behind us. But there's a lot of reasons because of the disruption of COVID. Um, there is actually a lot of um, different things happening in the marketplace and. 
the uh, obviously the internet, online services, those things. Uh, there certainly are many, many industries that are hurting. Um, but looks like there's going to be another stimulus. Looks like there or there is now, and um, it does look like hopefully um, this will be in the rearview mirror. But again, everyone does need to be safe. You know, the vaccines, like you said, are just starting, and expect. Like I said kind of earlier, the volatility will continue. So try not to look at the markets or your real plan sometimes on a day-to-day basis. You know, control what you can control, the money in, the money out. As you make more money, don't spend more money. You know, those types of just general rules. And then start that automation plan of, of trying to save and compound that interest because mm-hmm. over time, you know, the market, at least looking backwards, past performance, no guarantee of future results has done pretty well and obviously has beat inflation by large margins. So that's really the goal. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's uh, go to the home stretch here, what I like to call the speed round. Is there any particular financial book or financial resource that you would recommend to listeners? So, you know, there's many, many books out there that, that can help you. A lot of times, you know, whether it be a, a search engine that you can go to and search um, financial plan, financial planning. But I, I really would start with finding a certified financial planner. You can do that um, either on the CFP site through the FPA of your state, um, FPA NJ here in New Jersey. But um, the, the idea is learn, educate, educate. Um, and then make a decision, and this is everyone's decision. You can obviously do everything on your own, but make a decision. We recommend certainly working with a, a certified financial planner and a financial advisor because a lot of this is um, you might not have the time for, right? You might not have the time to really learn and educate. These are um, the gold standard in our industry level people and I really would start there to get yourself the basics and you can make uh, decisions. These days, everything um, is certainly more movable, manageable. You can start on your own and then work with an advisor or work with an advisor and do it on your own. So there's a lot of different things you can look at. But I would say starting with some of the basics. What's your cash flow? What's your balance sheet? You know, what are my assets? What are my liabilities? The balance sheet. And then start looking at the what ifs in life. You know, what if this happens? Am I covered? What if that happens? And those are usually just good check-ins with yourself. So I would really start there, kind of assessing where you are and then start to make a decision by interviewing several different, you know, if you want, it's what's great. You can interview a bunch of different advisors or, and, um, and get educated that way as well. Okay. What about a favorite inspirational or motivational quote or theme or something that comes to mind? uh, If you were talking to uh, an investor or somebody and you wanted it to sort of inspire or motivate them, anything come to mind? I mean, you're in control of where you end up, your goals, your dreams. Um, And I would I would say more people I I saw this somewhere. um, I think it's a a certain statistic, maybe not a quote, but um, a lot a lot more people spend like eight. I want to say it's eight or nine times more time planning their vacation than -hmm. their finances. So. I don't know if you need to flip that around <laughs> and spend, you know, a ton of time focusing on, you know, the finances eight times more than your vacation, but even the odd, maybe, you know, maybe spend just as much time doing the financial plan as, as, as spending it on vacations and having fun or doing those, those, you know, the fun things in life, maybe spending a little bit more time on those daily, you know, month to month finances, right. 
the the difference in what you pay for a coffee, things of that nature. The little things can add up a lot of times to some of those larger larger items. But be careful on you know overboarding the lar- larger and and kind of penny wise, pound foolish. So stick to the plan, work on it, and um, you know make sure you're spending enough enough time on your financial plan to take those vacations and not worry about them. And more than likely, if you're on a good financial plan, you're not going into debt to go on the vacation. It's already bucketed and saved for. So that ends, tends to be, at least for myself, a funner vacation when it's already paid for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally. And uh, what's the best way for anyone listening, if they wanted to reach out to a website uh, or email, what's, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, I mean, they can always uh, really. It's it's a kind of a twenty four hour business these days. Um, but uh, the email is Todd Scores at EagleRockWealth.com. So T O D D S C O R Z at EagleRockWealth.com. And most of the people listening to this, if they want to reach out anytime, nine zero eight two zero eight five three seven eight is my direct number. And um, reach out anytime. Happy to be a part of this program. I want to thank you, Larry, and it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Todd. I appreciate that, and uh, we really enjoyed having you as a, a guest today. And I wish you the very best and uh, a happy new year as well. More fun in twenty one. Let's make it happen. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a t shirt with that on it. You got it. All right, take care. Take care. <laughs> 